Making a recipe that calls for butter? Make it better with European butter from France. With a minimum of 82% butter fat, it's no wonder French butter is the number one choice for chefs the world over. Whether you're whipping up an omelet, sauteing vegetables, or spreading it on toast, the rich, cultured flavor of butter from France always elevates. Be sure to look for Made in France on the label, and for recipes, tips, and tricks, go to tasteeurope.com. At home, you know, my parents didn't cook a lot of chicken at this point until we were older, and we were like, we want the butter chicken. So a lot of, like, okra, a lot of, like, mm-hmm. bangin' partha, eggplant, a lot of uh, uh, alu gobi, cauliflower. Cabbage is called bund gobi, closed cauliflower. You're listening to The Taste Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rodbard. Himanshi Suri is best known by his rap name Heems and a former member of the influential rap group Das Racist. You may remember that song, Combination Pizza and Taco Bell. But I wanted to have Heems on not just to talk about that song, but also Punjabi food and about growing up in Queens and about his new passion for gardening. I love this conversation with Heems and I, I hope you do too. Himanshu Suri, welcome to Taste Podcast. Thank you. What's up? Yo, Heems, it's, it's, it's cool to talk to you. Um, I think I've been following your career since early. I mean... I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's cool. No, I, Dash Races, man, you guys, you guys are, I think, underrated. I'm just going to be that guy. I'll take it. I I'll... mean, Three Feet High and Rising, one of my favorite albums. What you've done with your two mixtapes in particular, I mean, th- that's the Three Feet High of my growing up in New York. Yeah, I, I, uh, you know, we got associated with uh, BC Boys and De La Soul, which was awesome. I wish I had thought about that while we were pitching record labels because <laughs> they just looked at us and scratched their heads. And I yeah. should have just been like, ah, oh, De La Soul, Beastie Boys, I'll sign right here. You know? <laughs> I want to get into your growing up in Queens, growing living in Long Island, but let's talk about labels. Like, you must have been taken out when you were like being courted by labels for food and stuff. Oh, yeah, you know, um, like, early on, we would get taken out. a like to uh, kind of meet up with you and then not do anything just so if you <laughs> blow up, they could be like, yeah, 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 remember us from back then. Yeah. But we also, like, didn't have, like, developed, like, palettes or taste because it was just, like, fresh out of college and stuff. Um, not that I would have done anything differently. I mean, I could think of two meals. Mm-hmm. One was we loved Shanghai Cafe on Mott Street. Mm-hmm. And and actually, we had multiple – that was our go-to spot for uh, soup dumplings, Xiaolongbao. Yeah. And um, we always say it's like a humbling food it would it would it would level the playing field to see like this a and r kind of like sucking on an xlb yeah Yeah, exactly yeah so that and like i feel like i went to like diner in williamsburg once yeah um and then i i had like a high-powered uh rap lawyer and uh Mm -hmm. he accidentally forwarded me like a uh, like a uh something for another rapper where they went to like I think it was like one of Vitali's restaurants, and it was like that. Like, oh, you're taking these people out to fancy shit, and like you know. And an, an unfortunate forward from a from a label or from a from a lawyer is pretty great. I feel like that's honestly what rap music is built on is like unfortunate circumstances like that. I love that karma. Yeah, kismet. That's an Indian word. Boom. Kismet is so good. Okay, you grew up in Queens. You you went to Sty. You went to Stuyvesant High School. Graduated in '03. Is that right? Yeah. 
Okay. So let, this is an era. I want to I wanna get into your food growing up because you're in two worlds, right? You're, you're living in Queens, but you're downtown. You're in, in Stuyvesant. So what's food like when you're in high school? Yeah, it's still, you know, again, like high school. I mean, it wasn't that different. It was an extension of, like, my childhood food. So, I mean, I grew up where outside of Indian food at home, you know, uh, working class, like food from outside wasn't mm. regular, you know, maybe like maybe regular like once a week. But, you know, New York City pizza, one, and then like mm. Chinese food from the local spot, too. Uh, occasionally, so we could like fit in McDonald's, but no beef mm. in the house. Okay. So only the chicken nuggets. Yeah. Um, and 18 piece or or six well oh, back then I, I guess 18 me yeah. and my sister yeah um but also i remember my dad would stop off on the train back from his job he like push papers at hospitals for the city and he would pick up like turkey subs from like this one spot on jackson heights that would do like a hero and a tropical fantasy mm. soda for like 250 and it was yeah. it was foreign to me. It was like mm. we didn't. I ate bologna sandwiches. I never ate turkey. And so I just I, I look back at that like how fucking spoiled I've become now. Where like I was so happy <laughs> when Dad would bring home a turkey sub, you yeah. know. Um, and then Stuyvesant, you know, we got to leave for lunch, which was different for uh, most public yeah. high schools in New York. So same thing, pizza. I remember one time we went to get pizza and like. My buddy goes up and he's like, you know, I'll have a regular slice. And then I go up and the guy goes, what do you want, a Supreme? I was a heavy guy. And this fucking asshole, I think about him every every week. What a triggering piece of shit, man. What a, what a bad thing to say There's to There's no kid. reason to do that. He wasn't like that skinny himself. And no, like, you know, they, he, he thought I wanted like the meat lover. And I, man, I really, yeah, yeah, that shit hurt. But <laughs> yeah, um, I remember once there I went to McDonald's and I saw the rapper Drag On from Rough Riders. yeah. yeah. And wow. um, another little food memory I have. Did he is, roll up in a four wheeler? I nah. feel like Rough Riders guy got to roll up in a four wheeler. No, nah, he had a shitty car. He probably had a <laughs> shitty record deal. <laughs> he had a shitty career. I hope he never listens to this. I doubt it. And uh, there, there was this like high end restaurant called Acapella in Tribeca. And uh, we used to steal their bread in the morning on our way to school. So that was a memory uh, I have. Like the loaves of bread hanging outside the restaurant. I mean, I know the Khalees song. That's all I know about acapella. I, I got to I gotta say, like, buy, stealing bread is a really great New York City story. Yeah. It's it's good. Um, what about like Punjabi cuisine in your house? Oh, also. Were you guys the, cooking that? What was it? Pakistan Tea House was this ah. like small, like, you know, cabbie spot in Tribeca that we used to like going to. Um, at home... You know, my parents don't didn't cook a lot of chicken at this point until we were older, and we were like, we want the butter chicken. Yeah, um, yeah. So a lot of, like, okra, a lot of, like, mm-hmm. bangin' partha, eggplant, um, a lot of uh, uh, aloo gobi, cauliflower, mm-hmm. and then uh, cabbage is called bund gobi, closed mm-hmm. cauliflower yeah. is called, uh, we would have that. Mm-hmm. And uh, just typical kind of uh, vegetarian Punjabi fare. Yeah. Um, Nothing too crazy. Did your mom have like a spice box, a daba by the kitchen? Was it kind of that kind of? Oh yeah, I love that thing. Um, So cool. uh, Namak dani or uh, yeah. So you got your red pepper, your salt, your coriander, your garam masala, your haldi turmeric. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we still. That's no Indian home is complete without that. I love that. It's it's so it's so cool to to see how technical that cooking can be with with the daba box. I mean, it's crazy. It's so tempering tempering spices is. 
rad. I mean, that's so funny you say technical because I associate <laughs> it with the opposite. I know, I know. This is an interesting topic. Yeah, I mean, trying to learn food from my mom. The, all Indian parents are like, you just throw in this, you yeah. throw in that, which people know. But my mom also kind of wanted to reinforce these gender roles for a while where she was like, you're a boy. Why would you want to yeah. learn that? And I'd be like, this is bullshit. Um, <laughs> you really wanted to cook with her. Yeah, I wanted Damn. to learn. Eventually, yeah. during COVID, after my father passed and we were living together, yeah. so I did get a little bit more of it. But in many ways, I learned from just peeking old, over her shoulders. I learned from smell a lot. Yeah. So I, I like to think, it's probably bullshit, but that I can smell like a dish and be like, this is done. This smells like mom's, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but for me, as like not technically trained, it's such a colorful visual of the spice kit that like I I think of it kind of like a like a dish as a palette and all these cliche shit, but like mm-hmm. a little bit of the red, a little bit of the orange, a little bit of the white, a little bit of the brown. And I kind of, you know, look at it like that, like some uh, like abstract kind of like art where I'm just throwing in mm-hmm. bits until it smells right. Until to it me. smells right. And that's when I say technical too, just to back up, I was, I'm kind of, I don't like saying complexity because that's like such a trite and, and bad word, but it's not like taking the Paul Newman's jar of of marinara and dumping it in pasta, which right. certain kitchens, mine, growing up, made. So when you were growing up, you had a daba box. You had the red and the and the and the black. It's, yeah, it's different. You know, it's funny. I've, I've spoken about this before too, but now with all these kinds of like DTC brands yeah. and like all of the, and not just from like Americans, but from Indians too. Like I was asked, like, what do you, what do your parents do? Like, do they cook with the pre-made butter chicken spice mix or mm. chicken tikka spice mix? And like, yeah, they fucking do. They've lived yeah. in America for thirty years. <laughs> you know, Maya they, Kamal. Yeah, uh, I'm not familiar with. Yeah, Maya Kamal's does these standard stir sauces that are pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I it. It saves time. They taste great. For my mom, she doesn't cook with a lot of meat, so they, they're probably better than she thinks she can make. And so, you know, we use the pre-made spice kits just as much. I mean, yeah. it's hard to make your like dirty spice masala. <laughs> like, no, no not <laughs> happening. Um, I have to shout out Amrit Singh's Doc Dosa Hunt, which I saw when it came out, and it's such an underrated underseen amazing film and you're on that that crawl with him and a bunch of musicians yeah do you guys ever do you still eat dosa with some of those guys oh man yeah i i, I kind of like executive produced that with amrit we like you yeah know, came up with the idea together and then shout I, out to amrit yeah amrit. yeah he's he's out in la he's yeah. like a news reporter he's now. on tv yeah he's a good guy he's great man he's great um yeah, I, I, I don't talk to all of them. Um, I do talk with Anand Wilder from Yesayer a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's We regularly text. He sent me some beats recently mm. for some music I'm working on. And um, he was the, he was the one who, like, after that day was like, I, I got to make this myself. And, like, <laughs> so he, he definitely made, like, Dosa right after that. And then um, I talk with Vijay Iyer a lot, mm-hmm. um, the pianist, the professor, the, the, the fucking man. Yeah. Um, I've like forced the mentor title upon him. Yeah. Um, so I do keep in touch with them. Um, I, I last saw Rostam uh, years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's obviously familiar with like Persian cooking from he, his family. He, he's extremely skilled in the kitchen. I've heard. Oh, really? I never met Rostam, but I, I know that dude's got a kitchen in LA. He's got does a lot of parties. I've heard on the DL. That adds up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was like a fun little kind of quirky idea we had. And, and then great. Amrit really made it happen. So that was cool. Shouts yeah. out him. It was like food media. Like, it should. I wish more folks would have like funded that kind of stuff. And like, 
it's kind of where we were heading. And then whatever happened with like Instagram, doc film wasn't as viable, I guess. Not this isn't a, a show about the future of media, but I feel like that film, I wish there was more. I wish it was a series. Yeah, I guess I guess there is a lot more stuff kind of like in the in Netflix and stuff like that. But it was cool. Yeah. Um, true, 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 true. To to just focus on like Dosa for that day. Yeah. And it was like a quick shoot, short thing, short yeah. doc. And cool. um yeah, it'd be cool to do something like that again. I'll link to in the show notes. I wanna ask about Tony Bourdain. You were on his show a couple times. Yeah. And I um, mean, you, you did a song, and you were in the fridge, and that's like a classic song. I love that song. Yeah, that moment. And then you did a sit down with him too. Yeah. What I guess let me qu- ask you, when you shoot with Tony, what's going through your mind? Yeah, man, he's he was amazing. He was really amazing. He was one of those people where like what for him to kind of even speak to me, let alone like work with me, was one of those moments where it's like not about like money or fame or clout. Like the validation of your peers is yeah. just immense. You know, when we do these kinds of things and, you know, early on, Helen Cho, amazing, yeah. amazing. Um, Shout out to Helen Cho. Love Helen. Amazing person. Um, I think she put it in front of him that I had rapped about like, and it's funny, it wasn't even his food as much as his style, just yeah. wearing T-shirts and jeans and yeah. just this kind of like down, downtown kind of punk figurehead and, and the book, of course. And um, so we got to do uh, the rapping thing, but it was over a green screen. So I never met him at that point. Yeah. Then uh, he reached out doing the Punjab episode and was like, each uh, episode is based on like a film. And um, he was so hands-on with the music. He would send me notes back and it wasn't like his producers. He would Mm -hmm. be like, I love this. I love this. Uh, I'd like you to do this. And, you know, not a lot of notes, nothing like OD. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I worked with a producer where we took sounds of my mom cooking at home and turned that into a beat. So like the sound of the roti. Uh, hitting the 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 tawa, the um, frying pan like mm-hmm. thing, um, and the sound. I think my niece crying in the background. And then for Vietnam, they have a uh, for Houston. My bad. They have a big mm-hmm. uh, Indian population as well. So there, he was like, Would, "What? How do you feel about doing like the national anthem, but like with a sitar or something?" And I was like, "You know, that's a great note to lead with." Yeah. Um, and uh, the American national anthem, to be clear. Yeah, okay, I was like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, We're talking yeah, yeah. about, yeah. So, the, the um, one, the guy. <laughs> yeah, like it was cool because he was just, he was more hands on than somebody yeah. that you would think of that level. And then finally, I met him at like a punk show uh, for Danny Boyan's band mm-hmm. um, downtown, and we kicked it a little bit there. We, we used to message a lot on Twitter and stuff. Yeah. That's how like most of our communication worked. And then, yeah, to sit down with him was amazing. I, I, I was like, coming off of like a tour in L- in, in uh, with sweatshop boys and I was like terribly hungover and tired and it was like the, a day I'd been looking forward to for ages and you know I remember the Chinese restaurant that we yeah. like took him to it wasn't even that good man up in your old neighborhood up in Flushing yeah. it was just like conveniently located next to my Hindu temple and they had yeah. soup dumplings so I would just like leave the temple <laughs> and like go eat soup dumplings mm. but it was the type of place where like the, the, the cooks are smoking cigarettes in the kitchen and it just felt like like it reminded me of like you know like going to to tour in China and eating there mm-hmm. but Lhasa fast food the Tibetan place was really dope you know yeah. the owners are great people and um yeah Tony when I wanted to start a restaurant would say things like don't fucking put any of your money into it <laughs> yeah like, good advice good advice like don't put your credit into it yeah like maybe partner with someone you know, when I would talk to him about recovery and, like, quitting dope, he would say things like, like, 
that's, you know, what you're going through now, like your body's like temperature clock must be all kinds of fucked up. And, you know, mm-hmm. like everyone's got to eat a shit sandwich. You get to decide how big it is. Sounds like a Tonyism right there. I mean, it had to be only from that guy. Would you say something like that? Amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. a couple of else he would say, like, statistically, I knew that, like, the other night, like one out of 20 people in the room I was doing dope in would die. And like I had the most work to do. Mm. And um, I know one message that I really like appreciated was just like, like you're doing the best work of your life. Like w- watch out for yourself, protect yourself. Yeah. And that that was just like out of the blue, or it's like, oh, he's like keeping up on on like what I'm doing, yeah. my recovery, my work, and so yeah, caring yeah. guy, generous guy. We I've talked about my personal relationship with him on the show, and just real generous guy. And and what a what a fucking pity yeah. what happened. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was a really tough time for so many people. Yeah. I uh, didn't handle that well for a while, but yeah. yeah. A lot, you join a lot of people um, who, who mourned in, in for a long time about Tony. Um, I want to ask you about Mumbai. You lived there. You lived in Mumbai. I stayed in Mumbai. I, I, I lived in Goa for like four months. More Goa than Mumbai. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that, but I, would, I was back and forth a lot. Okay. Um, I was in Goa to do like a performance art residency, and then I just liked it so much I, I, I rented a place to stay. But, you know, I, I mean, what I could say about my time in India was that some of the best food I had was in people's houses, and mm-hmm. like their their like home cooks were just phenomenal. And like for me, growing up eating like Punjabi food, to eat fish curry and like mm-hmm. shrimp curry, like everyday prawn curry in Goa, at at people's homes was just like fucking amazing. Um, even when I went back in February, there's amazing restaurants in Goa. But this past February, you were just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went in February um, for, like, some work stuff, but also to bring my dad's ashes back to India, uh, which, like, was two years delayed because of COVID. Mm. But um, I didn't end up going to any restaurants in Goa. I just ate at my friends' homes, and they mm. would have these feasts and— uh, Really, like the quality of the, as we all grew up knowing this, of like the home cooks and our moms and stuff, and like the, you know, far surpasses like a lot of restaurants. Yeah. So that was the experience. How there. do you travel through India? I mean, how, what's, what's, how do you envision a trip there? For one, I got to see my family and like, yeah, oh yeah, one of the best meals I had was like, my, my family is like, you know, middle class, you know, sometimes lower middle class, sometimes upper middle class. And like for them, like they don't eat non-veg uh, very, like all the time. Mm-hmm. It's considered like, a, you know, like a treat, a special occasion. I had an uncle make me a goat curry that was just like wow. some of the best shit I ever had. So I try to do a good blend of like seeing my family because it keeps me grounded because a lot of times I'm around artists and musicians who are more well-to-do and like mm-hmm. for them to be familiar with my music and stuff they've they've traveled they've been around um and then i have a really good group of like s- slightly older friends who are artists who are married who have kids that also it's so important for me to have like a sense of community mm-hmm. see like where i want to be envision like a life as an artist having a family and so I, I do that, and then, yeah, a lot of checking in on the music scene. scene like, hip-hop is big out there, mm-hmm. electronic is big out there, indie is big out there, and so a lot of, like, just following up and, and checking on what's going on in the music scene, both as an artist and as, like, a, an executive. When you're out there playing shows um, and there's, like, a rap party or there's, like, something after the after the club in India, uh, what's the food like? I mean, are you is there, like, a late-night... 
I, I know India is not a monoculture, so when I say that, I'm trying to just get a story out of you because I want to recognize not all food is the same. Yeah, the types of places that would have hip hop are usually like again, kind of like upper middle class, yeah. upscale, and so it's like a lot of like bar snacks and stuff. Like, what's Indi- that? What is the bar snack? Like Indian Chinese Indian lollipops, chicken lollipop yeah. chicken. Yeah. Um, and like. Um, not that different from like bar snacks here, which remind this past weekend I went to this place, Pija Palace in LA. Um, mm. It's like a sports bar with an Indian. It, it's gotten such great press. It's it yeah, was Pija awesome. Pija Palace, BA put it at like top ten. Food and Wine, I think, wrote about it. Yeah, shouts out. Yeah, shouts out of each. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Well, I was like, were you stoned when you came up with this? Because <laughs> just it, it's the green chutney we all have at home with yeah. coriander and mint. Not coriander, my bad. Yeah, maybe yeah. coriander. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, I, I, just I, thrown on a pizza and, you know, yeah. like onion rings with, like, um, uh, like the dosa batter uh, yeah. instead of, like, you know, and, it, yeah, yeah, it was cool. Sports bar, Indian food. Yeah, it's Boom. got, like, a beer element to it. Like, it's in a cool spot. Is that North Hollywood? Where is that? Is that? Is I was on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. Um, okay. At a hotel at, like, on that I used to stay at when I would go out mm. there and tour. Uh at a, I remember that parking lot because Yellow Wolf tried to punch me in the face there. <laughs> yeah. You getting some fights back in the day? Nah, I don't know. I think my bandmate had said, like, uh, instead of, like, we're that's racist, we're Yellow Wolf, and he didn't like that. So. Oh, yeah, that common, that common beef for, like, I'm you and, like, yeah. No, yeah, it was yeah. just like we would, we would be like, <laughs> hey, what's up? Him. We're Vampire Weekend. You yeah, know, yeah, or, like, yeah. hey, we're, you know. <laughs> Titus Andronicus sampled, you know, I think me, me uh, saying, hey, what's up? We're Titus Andronicus. And put that on their album. It's <laughs> a good way to meet people. Yeah, yeah, he didn't like that. Nah. Like, You're not me. <laughs> the blog boys, the blog world back then, the music oh, yeah. blog. It was such such toxic shit all yeah. the time, man. But great music. Great music at the time. Yeah, yeah, Early yeah. 2000s. Yeah. I feel I was just listening to the, the TV on the radio, the first EP. Was that you who posted Satellite? I, I posted that, yeah. Yeah. I posted that because I was like, I haven't played the EP in a minute. And I mean th- that band is the most unaged band from that era. They're so good. I I think that was also like one of the the things uh, I was listening to like when I was at Stuyvesant. And yeah. So when music is like um, fossilized like that in your high school years and like sure. your formative years, it's it's amazing and to come back to and like yeah. Yeah, not to clown like haha. Heat is not not aging that well. <laughs> not That's to clown, funny. but I was like thinking of them recently. Yeah, too. not to clown, but I mean, great art though. I have to say, like the the visual, like that was a great album cover. I remember buying it at Virgin when Virgin used to put the big album covers. Yeah, have you seen this festival coming up with like yeah yeah yeah's and MGMT yeah. and all these bands? Playing? Wait, where are you guys at? Yeah, I'm well. They I don't I don't know if we're ever going to reunite. So I don't yeah, think, yeah, I don't yeah, see yeah. that happening. Yeah, you guys aren't you are aren't on that path. No, no. Uh, but but still, um, I feel like that band in particular, we got on a little tangent there. I want to get back and talk about Chintan Pandya winning the James Beard Award this yeah. year. Uh, have you been to Dhamaka? Do you know about this guy? Yeah, Dhamaka. Yeah, I've been yeah. to Dhamaka. Um, I've been to Sema. I haven't been to Masalawala and Yo. Sons. Uh, definitely want to. Those places are hard to get into, man. Literally went to Masalawala and Sons like last week. The only way we got in was like 9.30 and like we begged and like waited in the rain for 30 minutes. That was the only way I ate there. Yeah. Have you been <laughs> to the chicken place? Oh, the the rooster? Yeah. Um, R- Rowdy Rooster? Rowdy Rooster. I haven't been up there. No, I definitely enjoy his food, want to go to all those places, love what they're doing. Um, actually just randomly today, a friend of mine who grew up with one of the, um, one of the co-founders, um, mm. was just like, do you still want to talk to those guys? And I was mm. like, yeah, I'd like to talk to those guys. Yeah. yeah. We'll get into your restaurant kind of idea and mood board and vision because 
uh, I think I'm really interested in it and hearing about what you want to do. But like, let's get back to like that's a big moment, and I don't want to let it pass that he won the James Beard Award. His group did. The, this is the highest award for dining in New York. Yeah, and for an Indian restaurant, for a guy um, who doesn't look like uh, Daniel Ballou wins it. And what does that What does that mean to you? It's it's amazing because it, like like the company name is. I mean, it's real Indian shit. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. not like I I've fought so hard to make music and like increase our visibility yes. in places like food, music, fashion, especially music, obviously. And a lot of that visibility comes with kind of this notion of elevated stuff, or like it's it's a lot of like children of like professors telling these stories in Hollywood about like upper middle class like um you know what do you call those mm-hmm. first world problems mm-hmm. and stuff <laughs> yeah and so to do something that's genuine and authentic to like wreck salt of the earth kind of people and like to to spice your shit so it's spicy and stuff to you know it it feels like a moment where we're not like trying to appease a certain demographic but are doing kind of what's real and then and then getting like praised for it and so you know i i think it's great congratulations to him and like mm-hmm. i think the food's been amazing i think the fact that you know it's gotten this praise in new york and like you know i i come at this from the music angle of like even outside my music what i did at spotify was try to give a platform for mm-hmm. indian music to not just be accepted by folks in india or folks in the diaspora like me but seeing what's happened with latin music and now what's going on with Afrobeats, like wanting that place at the table, mm-hmm. you know, for Indian music. And so there's a similar thing with food where it's like, you know, we see like Americans love Chinese food. I mean, they end up like bastardizing anything that they love. But like, you know, Americans love Mexican food. When will we have the moment with Indian food? You know, uh, obviously England has a totally different culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, to not first off like i love indian accent food uh yeah also. solid place yeah i like very that good. place a lot and so i like also certain like variations on like modern indian cuisine um but for for chintan's cuisine to also get that praise is just like a special moment yeah and i wanted to go back to your music like shut up dude and and sit down man like the way your mixtapes incorporated Indian music, Bollywood soundtracks. And we're talking about like 2008. We're talking about early before Indian culture had the visibility. I mean, you were pioneering that. So I want to don't want to let that pass because that was cool like that you were putting those beats in there and integrating. Yeah, I think especially um the Nehru Jackets album yeah. um we were kind of talking about earlier like yeah. Uh, in 2012 was uh, kind of putting together boom bap underground rap and sounds that people had really heard but throwing in bollywood samples and mm-hmm. i mean I, I, you know it sucks because we like we grow up with this notion of like east meets west to the point where it's a <laughs> fucking cartoon and it's just <laughs> yeah. like this trope that we don't want to indulge yeah. but those are the worlds that we live in and so yeah. when we can bring them together and people who aren't just Indian identify with it or enjoy it. It's a, it's a mm. nice feeling, you know. Who else do you like in New York? You mentioned an Indian accent. Are there any other Indian chefs or Indian restaurants um, that you're feeling right now that you, you just want to shout out? My go-to before like Dhamaka, well, Sema I like a lot yeah, too. Sema. And like I, I I I never would associate like oxtail with Indian food, so that was a cool dish. Um, Indian accent has been kind of my go-to for like a nice Indian meal, um, and then. 
There, there was a place in Hicksville like uh, called New Chili and Curry that I liked. And nice. It was the only place that you could get like Momos, but um, they changed, I think, ownership, and um, so I, I go there less. But there's another place like a Pakistani tandoor place in Hicksville called Barbecue Night, BBQ Night. Mm. Just you know, small shop, but their malai kebab, chicken, reshmi chicken, and their chicken tikka is phenomenal. Um, so I'll always like a hole in the wall, like kebabish in Jackson Heights. I love their um, mm-hmm. chicken tikka. And, um, but as far as like other like Manhattan restaurants, I'm not. No, these are good. I mean, this is the kind of, I was asking just because I'm, I'm taking notes, man. I'm, yeah. I'm, like, I'm taking the LAWR out. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of good food in, yeah. in Long Island. It's slept on. Yeah, it's definitely slept on. All right, you clearly are paying attention to the the landscape here in New York. You mentioned you and Tony talked about a possible project. You've done pop ups. That's obvious. What's holding you back from doing a full restaurant? Yeah, that was cool. I did I did like a good test kitchen yeah. kitchen with the Budmash guys in L.A. Yeah, those guys are cool. Budmash. Yeah, yeah, Arjun and Knuckle are great people. Um, What's holding me back is, you know, in part, it's kind of like Tony being like, you know, like <laughs> restaurants are fucking tough, right? Stuck and that's like you. the reality. Stuck with you. And like, I I wasn't doing anything creative for like four or five years and my mental health was in the gutter. And like, now I'm coming back to, you know, being creative again, making music, uh, doing a podcast later this year uh, on cricket um, and I have a couple things in the works. And so... I can see myself kind of dabbling with that again. I mean, mm. talking with Avish at PJ Palace about it and, like, talking with those guys. And, like, it's it's amazing because I, I, I dabble in, like, the periphery of these spaces of fashion, of food. But, yeah. like, you know, music... I think I think I need to do the music first and then see where it takes me. It's it sounds like you've got a good strategy there. You've got a lot of like music is, is what I hope you do mo- most of. And but your your restaurant would be dope. But I, I really like, like Narrow Jackets was just a great release. I wish there was more. Yeah, yeah. Sweatshop I am Boys. working on an album. Um, oh. I'm working on an album. It's mostly rap, but I'm also doing more things where I'm singing, and and that's always been something I've been insecure about. So, um, oh. I'm working on that, and um, yeah, I've always wanted to do something with like like Indian variations on sandwiches um hmm. and um and give me one give me one that like what's like what's the number number one on the board yeah I mean I guess like a Cuban but instead of like um th- like we would use pork vindaloo so yeah um pulled pulled pork vindaloo um what's the bread choice pow bread yeah of course so it's pow sliders basically it's all pow I mean the pow at um at masala walla and sons holy yeah. shit it was like yeah. half ghee it was like a half ghee. You got to do it. I mean, you straight. got to do it. I mean, it's heavy food. I mean, it's I would, heavy. You know, I guess I would lean into the comfort food stuff because yeah. I know that like that's what I like, and yeah. I'm not gonna like you know have any qualms about making like fattening food and stuff. Yeah, as a cheat day, cheat day diet. Yeah, well, you know, we don't need to frame it that way. I mean, I feel like food is is enjoyed in many different ways, and we have our own diets, and it wouldn't be hard on yourself about that. Shit. And I I'm I'm curious more about like like. You're obviously like a lot of what is westernized of Indian cuisine is Punjabi cuisine, and yeah. um, but there's 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 a lot of stuff that we eat at home that isn't really like restaurant fare, and there's a lot of more. I want to look back at, at kind of more unearth some more Mughlai recipes that mm-hmm. the Mughals used to eat, and like unearth some more like Punjabi recipes that are aren't really what you get at the restaurants because I am Punjabi. If I was doing something regional, regional, I don't 
I don't know if it would end up being like from the south, from Goa. As much as I love hmm. the emergence of what Chintan's done with, with like uh, regional cuisine, yeah. what I know and what I would would probably do is more stuff like that. Like yeah. we use carrots a lot, you know, bitter gourd, and just these dishes that I don't think Americans associate with Indian food. Speaking of uh, produce, you have a gardening bug. Like you, you've you in your. Long Island home, you have a garden, right? You're you're down. Are you planning? We're recording this in January. You're planning your spring. You're planting. Yeah, I mean it's pretty pretty much like regular, like that. I'll grow different green peppers. Um, cool eggplant because we do eat uh, bengan bharta and mm. um, you know uh, definitely tomatoes. And then I like to use all three of those in the bengan bharta. Um, I did grow. Uh, Brussels sprouts, like a bunch of stalks of Brussels sprouts. Those stalks are killer. Those look fun. They took like over a year and then I kind of lost interest because it was just such a slow grow that by the end of it, like the bugs had gotten through it. I know that's the hardest thing about gardening is the rodents and bugs. Yeah. And just knowing when to, to, to get your sprouts out. Um, I did grow a cauliflower last year that eating it fresh with, it was the best gobi alu I've had hands When you down. can grow one cauliflower and you're going to make a gobi alu with it, it's like, yeah. yeah I tried to grow okra, but it was just too little yeah. of a yield. And then I do like growing, like, squash. Um, yeah. So it depends on what there is there. I mean, I'm simple, bro. I go to, like, Home yeah. Depot. Yeah. I see I see what they got. And then yeah, I the bring little seedlings. That's what I do, too, in my garden. Yeah. I, I went to Lowe's. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm more of a Lowe's guy when it comes to Are my you? garden. Yeah. Yeah, that's my shit. That's it my depends guy. on what, you know, <laughs> if they don't got anything at Home Depot, I'm going over to Lowe's yeah, for Lowe's sure. Lowe's is my, my where I get my, my tomato plants. Like, for sure. I, I agree. I'm, like, I'm definitely just getting the ones that ha- in May I'm planting them. It was fun to grow a lot of cherry tomatoes because we don't use oh, yeah. that in our cooking. So to have like a sweeter taste on the yeah. dishes that I would associate with like Indian food was a fun twist. It's cool. Yeah. I-, I like growing those as well. Uh, I'm not going to let this pass. A cricket podcast. Yeah. So that's cool. Multi-day tests. Guys wearing like the coolest fits in sports easily. Yeah. I don't know shit about cricket, but I'm interested. Me neither. Interesting. Is that the angle? No, 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 it's not the angle. I mean, there's um, (laughs) shouts out Mangesh at Kaleidoscope. Can I name another podcast? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah. so (laughs) Mangesh, who did Skyline Drive, um, he he approached me about doing a podcast on cricket and this um, (laughs) this very specific match, and um, but also the context around like India at that time. Oh, Um, right. So it's it's like early stages, but I'm really excited to do that, and then um. And then, uh, yeah, I, I might do something later on in the year on, like, India and, like, Western fashion. Oh, sick. You're a big English soccer fan, too, right? Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. What's your squad? Yeah, Arsenal, right Arsenal. here. Arsenal, you got the, oh, you got the, the tattoo? Yeah yeah, 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 I got, I see it. Yeah. So the, what's it, what's it about, what's it about football that, that, that you enjoy about it? I don't know. I wasn't, like, into it traditionally growing up. I guess we'd play FIFA a little bit and stuff, yeah. but... Uh, it was another thing that, like, after my father passed that I just, like, needed something to do. I was unemployed for a year. Gardening and planting flowers became one of them. Mm-hmm. And soccer, just having something to follow that's consistent, something that's global. And even to, like, I love the way that the pitch looks. And yep. so as, like, a, 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 a wannabe gardener, like, that's beautiful. I love the buzz of the crowd, you know, if I'm, like, falling asleep at 8 a.m. during mm-hmm. a match. Like the soothingness of those colonial bastards' fucking <laughs> accents, you know. It's just like I find it relaxing, you know. Yeah. And again, like global, international, to yeah. to have all these players come from 
all these different places and then find like unity on a team. It's like a beautiful thing. Well said. I like soccer that way too. I think it's also only like 90 minutes, two hours. Yeah. You know what you're going to get. It's not yeah. like an NBA game. And it's, it's like good eight, like eight. lean back or lean forward watching, you know? Right. Are you into the NBA? I've always been into the NBA. I went to the game last night to see the Knicks lose oh. to the Wizards. I've oh, always been into rough. the Knicks losing. Yeah, Knicks are not. I'm, I'm a Nets fan. I, that's my that's my team. So that's all we're gonna begin it. You've been there. a Nets fan? Yeah, I haven't since they moved to Brooklyn. Like since in twelve, so yeah. like thirteen years or eleven years. Yeah. You know, we were trapped in the house during COVID, like everyone else. Yeah. But my mom and I went to the game two, uh, Atlanta Hawks versus the Knicks, when the Knicks were in the playoffs. Yeah. And just the crowd buzz outside MSG was just insane. That was that will be the series that they'll always yeah like, for now li- live, for now. live up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't mean to get into sports with this 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 podcast. But, but I did have some good birria tacos yeah. and nachos at, at at the garden last night. That was surprisingly good. Wait, really? Yeah, and like fresh off the grill birria and like I los mean, taco. Is that who's doing it? I can't even fucking remember, remember. But I know that like I've been there a lot the last like year or two. I do yeah. I do like going to the garden and like. The food has never been anything worth noting, no. and, like, I, I did enjoy what I had last night. Back to New York City, give me three classics, places that you keep going back to time and again, having been raised here, depending, doesn't matter if you have money in your pocket or not, but maybe if it does, if you have money in your pocket, is where you're going. Do you have a couple classics? Singo's Famous Pizza. Interesting. Indians have loved Singo's Famous Pizza for, like, 40 cool. years. Um, there was one in Flushing. And back before modern times, Indians would were still lived in Flushing, and now it's I think it's mostly the Chinese folks stayed, and the Indians would move to Bell Rose Floral Park, then the Indians would move down to Hicksville, mm-hmm. and then along along to Dix Hills is like the way that it goes. Um, so Singa's famous pizza, and then I think a guy got the uh, the Ecuadorian guy who made the pizza, and they opened up Bell Rose famous pizza, and Bell Rose is like you know I grew up. And as a baby in Flushing and always went back to see my grandma and go to the temple. But um, Bell Rose uh, is where I really grew up and my adolescence was. And so well, it makes the pie good. Like what's 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 happening here with this pie? I have no idea why. Yeah. I think it might be the the like 12 inch personal pie size. Yeah. Um, it's onion- nice to have your own. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, just onions and mm. green peppers, and they started putting like chicken tikka and paneer on it, and we're like, no, 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 we don't want any of that. We just want you just go good. straight. Yeah, vegetarian. Nice. I, I love that. Um, I, I I still go to Jackson Diner in, yeah. in Jackson Heights, and I remember when it was a small daba with the steel plates, and um, mm-hmm. and before it moved to like the bigger location, and like the the Clintons ate there. It was mm-hmm. like a moment that I remember. So, you know, I, I, I last went there with, like, Riz mm. for, like, an interview with The New Yorker and, we, you know, and um, uh, I haven't been there in ages because I like more of, like, the kebabish mm-hmm. and more It was, the, like, the one place in Queens that everyone wrote about in 1999. Right? Like, it's like Jackson Diner, the one place. Right. You? Almost yeah. to the point where yeah. I'm like, I, I, uh, I'm like, I want to separate. No. no. I mean, it's still cool place, decent though. food. Decent cool place all that shit on the ceiling with the yeah um but i i think it's because i had this childhood memory of going there when it was just like a very small shop and that pizzeria on the corner on 74th um that's been there since i was a little kid Mm -hmm. i I, you know it's all it's a bit of nostalgia with jackson heights and i lived there for like two years any brooklyn places I don't mean to put a neighborhood in your mouth, but I want to get you know. Yeah, you gotta diversify my. Just, uh, just I feel like you, you, you have a very interesting and 
dynamic background in New York growing up here in cool areas. Yeah, we didn't go to Brooklyn that much growing yeah, up. And, yeah. like, Manhattan, oh, I mean, like, as a family, my family likes Bukhara in mm-hmm. uh, in uh, Manhattan. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, I, I don't know if it's because it's popular in India. It's like uh, there's one in India, or I don't know if there's more. Um, I, you know, I haven't been to Diner or Marlowe and Sons, but my years yeah. living in, in Williamsburg, yeah. uh, I like those places a, a good amount. Um, you know, but but I can't s- separate like growing yeah. up from like what I like now. So definitely, um, Jackson Diner and Singa's Famous Pizza are like the two that I would say growing up. Like. Did you ever hang at the light spots in the East Village? The two Punjabi spots, those with the lights. No, I mean Punjabi Deli. I got to mention yeah, too. Yeah, that's um, that's cool because I I love Punjabi Deli. Going to shows at Mercury Lounge, going yeah. across the street, absolutely for the samosa 100%. and uh, chole bature. And then I I they were in some tough place with like financially and then they never cleared the construction that was like ongoing for like mm. years and years in front of Punjabi Delhi so me and a friend of mine Ali Najmi petitioned the city to speed up the construction and to get a taxi stand around the corner on like Avenue A so that was a, a thing like on the organizing and activism side that I'm really proud of is that like we were able to get a taxi stand so the guys wouldn't get tickets while they go in there That's to cool. use the bathroom yeah um Damn. It's crazy that you have to petition for that in New York City. Yeah. It's crazy that you actually had to take that step and go to the city council and say, like, let these guys have a bathroom break. Yeah, it's Ali Najmi, man, great guy. Yeah. He, he, he definitely knew how to do that um, more than me. I could raise awareness about it and get yeah. it in publications, but he did the groundwork. Yeah. A combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Can you walk on the side of the street with one of those anymore? You know what? I was thinking about this the other day. So first off, I fuck with Taco Bell, right? Sure. Um, Who doesn't? It's the best. There's like, I, I've been recording in Hicksville. I met this guy at my like cousin niece's first birthday, and he's like, I got a studio. And I'm like, this is great. It's five minutes for me. And there's two Taco Bells on the way home. Mm-hmm. And I try not to eat it. I've been trying to eat healthier and stuff on my little diet. And I... Uh, I passed the first one, and I'm like, all right, staying strong. But then by the second one, nah, I can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. And you're just like, you're going in the drive-thru. Yeah. yeah, and then, like, I make it like, oh, I'm getting the the, the bean Mexican pizza for my mom. Not, yeah. You know, and then I get my little Chipotle it's a good chicken. son. You're picking up some Taco Bell for your mom. I- Indian people love the fucking yeah. bean Mexican pizza. There's a lot of fast food as vegetarians didn't do it for yeah. us. You know, it's not my personality. There's a lot of Indian people whose, like, personality is like, oh, don't get rid of the bean pizza. No, that's, I don't give a shit if to get rid of it. But my dad liked that shit, so it's yeah. nice for me and my mom to it's eat nice. that. And then, you know what? I actually fuck with Pizza Hut. Like, I wouldn't have said this the last 10 years, but I'm com- I'm, I'm, I'm confident in, like, my, my poor taste in food. Like, I mean, Pizza Hut's got that salty fucking cheesy shit you like. Never yeah. fuck with Domino's. No. Don't fuck no. with Papa John's. They're racist. Yeah, horrible, horrible <laughs> racist company. Do not. And it's, Caesar's it's the worst not bad, but I'm a Mich- I'm from Michigan, so I gotta respect Caesar's. Caesar's not bad. Crazy bread, not See, bad. They got the saltiness too. I like that yeah. little saltiness. With the, the salty is good. I mean, that song's gonna be in the Library of Congress if it isn't already. That song is a silly song, but what it did was it brought awareness to hybrid two. Two is better than one for restaurants. Americans just love as much shit as they can get. <laughs> you know. 
<laughs> Did you write that one about the 14th Street one? The one on Union Square? I feel that's the one I always, I always like passed and was like, am I going to go? Am I? You know, I think I've talked about this, but it was a line that was in one of Victor's songs that he wrote. And then yeah. I was kind of like me being like the A&R marketing mm. guy was kind of like, let's make this its own song. And so I, I think he did write it about that one. Mm. And then me mentioning Jamaica Avenue, I had no idea that there was actually a Pizza Hut Taco Bell <laughs> on Jamaica Avenue. It's just near where I grew up. So yeah. I just... I just threw that in there, and then, so there's a lot of serendipity with that one. Yeah, and we recorded that on one mic, moving back and forth, like yeah, you know, because it was just you can hear it very spur. Of the I mean, moment. a single lyric and the way you can sell it is like it's a very difficult song to pull off. Production wise, it's tight. It's a great song. What do you think of like food being so prominent in rap music? And like, it's always kind of been like that, but I mean, there's it's I guess people are more aware of it now. But like rap music as folk music, rap music as as uh, documenting the mundane, like it's still to me. It's went to Carvel and got a milkshake. That's the first food line that I ever knew in rap. Right there, Fife Dog. Like that guy. That is the rap song that started it for me. And I think New York City and rap has a cool connection with food because regional food in rap is always interesting. I don't necessarily dig the rapper food personality hybrid shit. Like not gonna name names, but like I just don't like when they aren't all in like yourself like you're all in like you clearly care about the shit and you you actually have ideas but when it's just like the guy with the mention of the song i don't dig that as much there's a aspirationalism to like rapping about food now and what and like i guess some of what you know like the obviously like rappers like love like the mafioso shit and so i love like the yeah. italian references very true good point i think the italian reference is always going to be in rap and they're, they're you know it's like it's are you rapping about getting a table at nobu or are you <laughs> rapping about like picking up like a chopped cheese from the bodega yeah. like so i think that for me it's more like the mundane daily life reference to eating that i like more than the yeah. i got a reservation at this place kind yeah. of thing you good know good point I, I agree. I, I think, you know, any vo- sign of vocabulary and knowledge and education in rap is cool. Like, I'm very down on, like, I, I mean, Drill is is a, is a scene. I'm too old to talk about Drill. Yeah. But I don't think those guys are necessarily talking about, like, 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 deep food cuts like i haven't you know i was am i wrong like let's go like is there a drill rapper who who has a good food vocabulary oh i can't remember his name but there was a dude who had a song that was all about this one place in brooklyn where he would eat and they um are known to like give you takeaway cups of like alcohol so it's again gonna be like the (laughs) nutcracker the the, the, not a nutcracker it was something (laughs) else but um i think it was called apollo's um but but uh, no, there there isn't that. But I was thinking today about lemonade was a popular drink and it still is. Yeah, and it's just like, what like it's, what were you th- like? That's great. Like, but I was thinking about like, did you know that song was gonna be so big because uh, it's just such a like mundane kind of line yeah. and like I love it. Yeah, it's it's when you I, I think back to regional like when you when you bring in like your city that you represent on your shirt that you're rapping, you know, it's like your vibe. If you're talking about Atlanta or talking about Houston and there's like a cool, like Nifa's a navigation. If you're rapping about Nifa's a navigation in Houston, I'm sure like Paul Wall, I feel like Paul Wall rapped about Nifa's a navigation. Or like Roscoe's in LA or like when, yeah, I like that. I mean, Snoop did a little bit of that, you know, his early albums, I feel like he had a little bit. But of- I love there's probably more references to food in like rap music than any other genre because you got yeah. so many words that you got to put in the yeah. song, and then because you're repping your neighborhood and because you're talking about the mundane, I think often mm-hmm. like 
Yeah, I mean, you got to eat three times a, three times a day, sometimes six. Sometimes. You got to do three verses, boom. <laughs> you got it. You know? <laughs> Heems, we asked all guests in the Taste podcast, if you could write a cookbook or food culture book without the burden of time, meaning you have no deadline or the burden of budget, you have all the money in the world, yeah. what would that book be? Yeah, right. So I've thought about this before. I've had, like, a conversation or two about it, actually. Um, I'm an ideas guy. I'm not an execution guy, but, you know. Um, <laughs> Those are the best. Straight up. You, you hire people to execute, yeah. for real. The ideas are hard to come by. I think this year I'll get there. But mm-hmm. um, the idea I had was, again, about, like, diaspora, Indian history, to have some of my friends that work in food, fashion, film, um, art, to share a recipe from their mother mm-hmm. and to document a conversation between them and their parent about like the recipe. So. Uh, it it would be home Indian cooking, but through the lens of like these people that have done and a lot for visibility, but then bringing it back to their family and like what their, you know, family's favorite kind of recipe you wouldn't yeah. think of is. But also like, where did you go to buy those spices in 1993? What was it like when there were in Indian grocery stores? Like, would you have to go to the Latino shop to mm-hmm. get one thing and then go to the American shop to get another? And so just kind of like documenting history through like those recipes. I love that. I think that it taps into something that we don't cover in, in food media as much, which is the before. Like the before sometimes is like the beginning of a book. Like and then you go to the modern. But if you always are dwelling in the before, I like that. It's cool. Yeah. And I think it's just, again, like about like food as documenting history, which yeah. is always like where where everything kind of begins. So Are you going to get that Taco Bell check? Is that going to happen? It has the to only happen. check I ever got associated with Taco Bell <laughs> was that there was, like, a show in Korea where the promoter got uh, Taco Bell's, like, cr- cr- uh, first, like, Korean shop to pay some money. And there was a fire on the stage. So I guess, like, you know, the the, the gods weren't with it. You know, uh, They weren't. But you got paid in real currency and not, like, Taco Bell dollars. No, we got paid in real currency and we That's ate cool. some good barbecue on that trip. Yeah, Korean barbecue is the same. Heems, thank you for joining the Taste Podcast. Yo, thank you so much. This is great, man. The Taste Podcast is hosted by Eliza Abarbanel and me, Matt Rodbar. The show is produced by Shalia Harris and Pat Stango and edited by Clayton Gumbert. Theme music by Steve Rydell. Visit Taste Online at tastecooking.com and make sure to subscribe to our newsletter for updates on all cool things that are happening. 